great day, amazing human. Welcome to the Empowered In My Skin podcast, where our mission is to help 1 billion people in this world think in more empowering ways. Empower humans, empower humans. So you are in the right spot to become a lead domino for empowerment today. My name is Inke Chi. I'm not only your host, but I am a vibrant optimist obsessed to bring you empowering content with each episode. We will be bringing you content alternating between longer episodes with feature guests and shorter episodes called Empowering Bites, where I'll be joined by my co-host, Gabby Mamone. So if you're ready, let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of Empowered My Skin, the podcast. My next guest has gone from intentionally failing half her classes in high school to being named one of the top 100 accomplished black women in Canada. She's gone from asking the Canadian government for help to helping Canadian government as a consultant. She's had dozens of job applications ignored, and now she's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of an online magazine that's been recognized by the prime minister. So how does she get there? She credits vulnerability, storytelling, and a message of radical transparency. She has worked with the government of Canada and global companies such as Google and KPMG Financial. Her education sessions are anchored in historical understanding of systemic racism and how that has impacted today's corporate culture, and her delivery is deeply rooted in her own lived experiences as a black woman in the workplace. An in-demand consultant, advocate, educator, storyteller, wife, media mover, and shaper, let's welcome Camille Tunda! Hello. What a welcome. Oh my gosh. So good to be with you. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's about time. Like I, anyway, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And uh, so my first question for you, keeping it super easy, but what has been your most empowering thought of the day so far? Today? Yeah. Well, I, it's not every day that I have empowering thoughts, so okay. you can't be on a good day. <laughs> and I can tell you that having two children um, challenges you to empower yourself because you might think that you're in charge until you have such a moment that makes you question whether you really do have power or not and and makes you question what is power Mm -hmm. and what is the difference between power and force? Mm -hmm. What is the difference between empowerment um, and intimidation? And so I had a, a, a great moment where I, I allowed myself to pat myself on the back because my daughter was having my seven-year-old going on eight was having one of those moments that really surprised me. It's not, oh, she's mainly for the most part, gets along, you know, goes along with what mommy says for the most part. And so I'm a little bit struck when she, in response to something, she said to me, no, it's not right, and that's not your decision. And the toxic Caribbean mother in me wanted to just, like, you know, flying just by the ears and say, Who's, whose decision? And I said, no, no, we're not going to do that. And so I allowed her to have her meltdown. She ran outside, locked herself in the car. <laughs> I... I opened the car door and he said, you know what? I'd like to give you a hug. Uh-huh. And then she opened her arms and started crying. Uh-huh. And I just held her. I said, I know you're angry, but it's, it's okay to be angry, mm-hmm. but it's not right to be hurtful to others. Mm-hmm. 
I know you can't get your way today. And I know that's making you angry, but you're not going to do the thing that she wanted to do. And she just calmed right down and just stayed in my arms for a period of time. And I was so proud of myself for not blurring the line between power and intimidation. Because I realized that I had power in that moment to, number one, restrain my emotions or have the presence of mind to check where my emotion was really coming from and to have the presence of mind to break whatever generational toxicity (laughs) that I want to break in my own parenting and to then have success in doing it was a great moment today. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm patting myself on the back. That's a less look. It was a lot in in 10 minutes flat. A lot happened there. Okay. It was, by the way, it was that she wanted to take slime in her backpack to her school program. I said, no, you're not taking slime. <laughs> so you have two kids, one, yes. one young girl and seven. Yes. And- a girl and a boy, 11 and seven. Well, they call it the millionaire family. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, you know what I heard? Um, and actually this is not, this is not a question, but it's, uh, it's something that was is inspired by what you just shared. So I I saw this really amazing article um, on Instagram. I don't have kids, but I you know I have obviously a lot. And uh, it said that no two kids are raised by the same parents. That is so, so true. While I don't have kids, I I'm a child of you know. And I was thinking about that the other day because I realized that each child gets a different parent. It's the same person, but you get a different parent based on your birth order. Mm-hmm. And then based on where that parent is in their life mm-hmm. and they're parenting you. And have you thought about that with related to who your son got versus who your daughter's getting? At first, I didn't want to think about it because <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, what does it mean? Because yeah. at first I was just thinking about it in my own family and my own siblings and thinking about how many times I've said to them, what's wrong with you? Why would you say that? Why would you think that? Mm-hmm. You know, mom was never like that. Dad didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's only now I'm 40 something years old and realizing, oh, wait, they had a different parent than me. Mm-hmm. And I have to honor their experience yeah. with that parent. I cannot impose my experience of that parent on them. Yeah, it's really powerful. I mean, when my my brother was four years my senior, he would have been closer to when my parents had mig- I migrated here. And then mm-hmm. four years later, you know, they're more confident in Canada. They've yeah. established more, you know, they've gone through schooling, you know, they, they're really more established. And so I, you know, I was obviously raised differently. It was a very, very powerful article. Yeah. And you asked me about it, uh, how I see it on my kids and the way that I, it's, it's very cringy, as the children say. Um, because, and I say cringe because I cringe when I see my old parenting style come through in my older child with the younger one. Oh. So Chase, the boy is the older one. Marley is the younger one. And he's like, a wants to be a third parent in the house. Right. So I can see him like scold her and like, you know, very like sort of heavy handed. I'm like, Oh, I think that's how I used to be. I think that's how I was with him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you learn about gentle parenting and you learn new ways of parenting. And I parent Marley completely differently because of all this new information that I have. Yeah. Um, so I see it play out and I'm just like, Oh no, I don't want you to do that. And I have to try to like reverse that um, in him. And, yeah. and sometimes you feel like, Oh, you feel like it's too late, but I try. So I'm uh, now I'm going to, now I'm going to take you into the questions that we, we actually prepared. So okay. as I talked about your bio um, and to sum it up, right? Like 
what brought about the change from what people may have seen as someone that was unachieving or an underachiever to becoming like one of the most, like, I look up to you, you know, and but one Thank of the most sought out speakers just in, in your, in your industry on systemic racism and racial equity, like, like what, what, what flipped for you? And when was that moment? Hmm. I think that I had a hard time. Um, and I, and I don't, I, I never lacked motivation or wanting to achieve. I just was extremely hyper-specific in what I wanted to achieve. And that doesn't work out so well um, in a traditional school system. Mm-hmm. And so when I intentionally failed half my courses, as I say, I did it because I took stock of myself and said, I want to be a journalist. These are the subjects in school I need in order to um, to get into a journalism program. And so I'm not good at those other things and I'm not going to waste my time trying to be good at them. Hmm. And so I am not going to show up to the class. I'm not going to do the exam or if I, and then they forced me to do the exam. So I just wrote my name and I wrote whatever I remember and I walked out. And it, so it was a, a very intentional choice, but the way that that results um, in society is like, Oh, you know what you, yeah. You suck. <laughs> but it was just, I was just very, always very hyper-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's how that went. Um, in terms of, I will say though that, you know, I think I'm always now known for um, confidence, you know, empowerment. I get asked to speak a lot on these topics, which I always find ironic because I certainly was not, always able to step into confidence or empowerment Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think I spent a lot of time shape shifting. Hmm. I think I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how best to show up in ways that made me acceptable, likable, because I thought that that was what was going to get me where, where I thought I needed to go Mm -hmm. until the walls start closing in on you. Or you have an experience, as I did, uh, which makes you very quickly realize who you are mm-hmm. and how other people see you. And you have a choice to either lean into who you are and make it amazing. Yeah. Um, or you have the other choice to keep shape-shifting all your life, which is, can I say, fucking exhausting? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just needs that right. word. <laughs> it was exhausting. It is exhausting. Um, yeah. So it was. So in short, um, I mean, I could just tell you. I can tell you in in about two minutes how that went for me in terms of a moment. Um, I was straight out of university, out of J school at Carleton. I was working in Ottawa at the CBC and doing a lot of shape shifting, looking at who was on TV, looking at who made it. They didn't look anything like me. They were very skinny, very white with very long blonde hair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I did everything I could to get as close to that as possible, (laughs) which means spending at least thousands of dollars, I would say a year on my extensions, um, means ignoring blatantly racist comments around the workplace, laughing along with them, Mm -hmm. pretending that that didn't bother me, because I wasn't one of those people. It meant distancing myself from my community, not pitching any stories about my community, not wanting to be in that quote unquote box, 
until one day I was coming from that same hair salon where I got my hair done, walking down the street on Bank Street in Ottawa, feeling myself, and this man walks towards me, and as he gets close to me, he leans in and says, you nigger bitch. And I was like, whoa, okay. Hmm. I was like paralyzed. Of course, like no one says anything. No one stopped and was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Are you okay? Nothing. I'm just on the sidewalk and have to come to the realization that, bro, you can spend as much as you want on that weave. You're black and you're a woman. You're going to get racism and sexism. You're going to get misogyny. You're going to get all that, no matter what you do. And I made a shift from there to connect more with the, with my own community. Mm-hmm. I stopped avoiding my community. And in fact, I became way more successful when I leaned into my own background, my own culture, mm-hmm. and embraced my own culture instead of trying to hide it mm-hmm. or downplay it. And so then I became that person in the newsroom that was always pitching stories from the community. Mm-hmm. And when Rob and I started by Blacks, it's so funny how within a year or two, producers that I worked with would go onto the website to find stories to pitch. So I'm like, oh, isn't this an interesting turnaround? Because <laughs> at first you're like, well, I don't want to be the person who's always talking about Black stories. But I, was, I looked around and I was like, yo, there's like two Black people here. So if one of us ain't pitching stories from our community, nobody else is. Yeah. So yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here with my Blackity Black stories again. Yes. Yeah. And, and so what? And what? Yeah. And so then I had to start pushing back having confidence to do that, to push back against an executive producer who says, oh, well, you know, it's, it's February 4th. Aren't we done with Black History Month? Like, we don't need any more of these stories. And, and having the patience to explain these things mm-hmm. and risking, you know, your, your career or your progress or people being constantly annoyed by you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, I, I, I always say to younger women, though, that don't feel, don't be up on yourself if you are just entering the workplace or your career and you don't feel like you have that confidence to push back and speak up. Because the reality is sometimes you're not in a position, there's too much at risk, right? And it, when I look back at my career, it only is sort of mid, you know, if I take 10 years, five, six, the seventh year, when I really start to feel like, you know what? So what? Mm-hmm. I can get another job. But year one, I didn't feel like, so what I can get? I didn't think I can get any other job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I need to hold on to this. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to feel like this is just some magical thing you can just wake up and do. There are realities. This is grounded in reality mm-hmm. in that whenever a young woman comes to me in the workplace and says, look, this happened, the first thing I ask them is, what are you going to lose? What do you have to lose from this? Mm-hmm. How much do you need this client? How much do you need this job? Tell me, that's the first question I'm going to ask you. Yeah. And then you let's put that all out on the table and lose. then, yeah, then, then you let's can, decide what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. What, so first of all, I, very, very, like I, me, it's tech. <laughs> but the truth is I also grew up in a really white neighborhood. So you, I want mm. to ask you, like you grew up in Ottawa. So I didn't grow up in Ottawa, I went to school in Ottawa, I went to university in Ottawa, but I had this very interesting um, split 
uh, upbringing where I was born in Trinidad. We left there when I was four and I started living in Toronto. And so I lived in Toronto till age 12. Then my dad moved us all to St. Lucia. So I lived in St. Lucia from age 12 to 21. I went to a convent high school. St. Lucia is a majority black country. Um, So it is a very different environment from Canada in in good and in bad ways. Um, Good ways in that it is, it is advantageous to grow up in a black majority country for a black person. Full stop. Because there's no questioning of not seeing excellence there's no there's no question of what you that your your possibilities of achievement right you're exposed to it all the time but the the downsides is the the freedom of expression the encouragement to speak up mm-hmm. um I, I experienced that only as a child in canada yes yes yeah but it was good because i think that that also needs to be tempered right and so um, I got, I think, the best of, of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it's an interesting upbringing. So th- that's cool. So because I, a lot of Nigerians listen to, <laughs> to this. So my question to you there then is, how do you leverage that a little bit quicker? Because I do see it as an advantage, but I do recognize, like, um, uh, it was very funny, like a lot of um, sort of Nigerian immigrants were really shocked mm-hmm. that we have a Black History Month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, you have a month where you're celebrating. Yeah. They're like, why? For what? But then then on the polar opposite, they do experience, you know, some of those microaggressions. And and Mm -hmm. it's very very hard for them to find their grounding. So having had that experience, lived here for so long, what are maybe some of those things that they could put in their toolkits um, that they start to leverage in the corporate world really quickly? You know, and I just recently went back to St. Lucia a couple of months ago mm-hmm. to do uh, a Women's Day talk at my old high school. And one thing I shared with the girls was to never be embarrassed or downplay where you come from. If you emigrate somewhere, very what I shared with them is that like when I was in university or in my, in my early 20s, my Caribbean friends we would have no problem like we're in our flag at a fest, right? Like we are, our cultures on full display in any social setting we're good with. Right. But something happens when we get into our first job, something happens when we step into that corporate world, we suddenly feel like our ethnicity, our cultural identity um, works against us and it's something to hide. It's something to be embarrassed about. And we'll say, if someone asks you where you're from, you'll say, oh, like the Caribbean. Like you won't say like your specific island because you'll assume they don't know where it is. And then probably they might. But what I shared, what I shared with them is being from St. Lucia might be one of the most interesting things about you. Being different, being from somewhere else mm-hmm. is, does not work, does not need to work against you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you show up confident mm-hmm. and saying things like if someone asks me oh you're when i say something and they're like oh like what is that instead inst- instead of saying like meekly saying oh yeah you know i'm i'm just from this this small place this it's a small island like you wouldn't know it yes. i say no i'm from this amazing place called st Lucia. have you heard of it yes 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 and if they say no then i'm going to tell you all about it honey mm-hmm. i'm going to show up being like it is the greatest thing since sliced bread to be where i'm from let me tell you about it. That's so there's a, a difference in how you show up with something mm-hmm. that is the difference between it working for you or against you. 
Yeah, it's very, um, one of the things I often do, um, when, especially when I'm mentoring, and I'm mentoring someone who has recently immigrated, and I, and, I, and I feel like there's something missing from them, right? They're not fully grounded. I say, we're going to take a journey, because I think he left somebody behind. Mm. So it's very, that very similar thing. Let's go back over the seas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go into that room, that village, wherever it was. Find that amazing human, female, male, whoever it is. Bring them back over insert them inside of you because nothing can be left out of the equation. Like it's just that level of pride. That's what I, I I love that. That's such a, that's a beautiful way to look at it because I find that we do downplay it. Well, I'm from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. We do that. Mm -hmm. No, I'm from like the sixth most populous country on the planet. (laughs) Excuse me. We have a population of 150,000 people, but we have two Nobel laureates. It's the highest per capita in the world. Just saying. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm going to, I want to ask you something then. Then there's that thing that beats up everybody, Canadian experience. You don't have mm. Canadian experience. How can we show up better for that? I think we need to call that out as bullshit. That's how we show up that because there's no, you know, we can't, we can't beat this system. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we really cannot. And so uh, we it, it it really is it's a it's a hard ask what i'm saying i won't i won't lie because what i'm saying is that it's in an interview mm-hmm. where you have to have the courage to say well actually this doesn't make sense here's why actually here's what i've done mm-hmm. here here's my record here's my track record right and it's not with arrogance it's a thin line between arrogance and confidence thin line right but it's us calling out why wouldn't you want to have me? Hey. You know, and, and instead of showing up with the energy that is desperate. And, right, right. And I and I and I wanna reiterate that is difficult. It is difficult because many times we are coming here, we are disad- already disadvantaged, we are on our back foot. I admit that I understand that. But there there it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But there is uh, um, a moment there is some power that we have to stay grounded with that we have to wield even if it doesn't go our way we have to keep wielding it because yeah. that's we don't have any other choice to be honest why wouldn't you want me that's it simple and plain it's very simple <laughs> and very plain <laughs> so I um, I have to be really really honest I felt very deflated this Black History Month is the mm. first time in a really, really long time. And I don't know, like I took stock. There was been there was so much wind in 2020 with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And it lasted about it lasted like the wind of it lasted for about a year. Right. Like mm-hmm. everyone was just in it, wanted to like, yeah. you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm I want to know more. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started to dwindle. And then I start to see old behaviors coming again. And then I really started to question the authenticity in corporate when we do these Black History Months and what they really mean, you know, um, and how people show up for 28 days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think my question to you is, like, especially here in Canada, where racism is very much alive, you know, how do we, like, like, what is, what does it, what do we need in order to really maintain a focus that is pressing for? Like, there's been so many promises that have not been realized, you know, and um, it's exhausting. Yeah. 
You see, I struggled to answer that only because, you know, you, you asked it in the, in the frame of like, what do we need? And I don't think we need to do anything. Um, we need to just, you know, keep showing up and being amazing. I mean, it, I, I'm going to just share that I echo your sentiments. So I'm, I'm struggling to, to give you, you know, an inspirational answer because I don't feel that my energy does not go towards that when I'm asked this question, because I have also seen, um, blatant hypocrisy, blatant, um, dilution, um, of, of, of issues of, you know, um, it's, it's tough for me um, because obviously I, I do this work every day. And so it's, I, um, I always feel like, almost feel like every day I'm, I'm being, I have to make a choice as to whether to take a gig, take a job where I know, or I, my instinct is telling me you're not in this to make actual change. Mm-hmm. Um, or do I, you know, I, I'm constantly being, it's a choice. Yeah. Um and so it's like you want to continue the work, you want to keep showing up, and so you you'll you'll take the job so that you can get the message across. But I don't see the I know change is incremental, but I just I don't see the progress. And so sometimes I get disillusioned in myself and, and in my own work because I'm like, what am I doing all this for? Um, and that's why I'm grateful that we started by blacks and we haven't given up on by blacks because that's what brings me the most joy is my own people yeah. and being able to reflect us back to ourselves in the positive light that I feel we are missing in most other places. Um, that's what gives me the most hope. The most joy is bringing us closer to our true selves through our ancestral heritage, through, through all the things that have been, beaten yeah yeah. Yeah, out of us out of our not just physically but our consciousness Mm -hmm. our collective consciousness Mm -hmm. um that's that's what keeps me going to be honest i love it so let's talk a little bit about that then and yes because that's what's really inspired by the way on may 4th there was a there was a on the there's this couple you know it's so funny like you just uh click on an article and it was by blacks it was um okay there's a a couple of um i can't remember the uh what's his name he calls her name all the time um they're like an internet couple is it, is it the, yeah um uh love pain art the reef and uh Rafe, yeah Rafe and Rafe and Rafe and um, something anderson yes Rafe anderson yeah, is, yes, anyway. yes yes so i've never i've never seen them before i yeah. clicked on it and i just wanted to because i love the picture i found it really inspiring yes. and then next thing you know i'm like watching their youtubes yeah you're down the rabbit hole like the down the rabbit hole it's like oh my god one article anyway but yes. let's just talk about even just the work that you're doing there so and why it's so important to give like canadian you know the platform to even just them um yeah. and what impact are you looking to continue to have you know through by blacks yeah uh kristen is her name kristen and rafe yeah kristen and, and rafe. Yeah. i i hadn't i'm on the internet all the time and i hadn't heard of them but they have millions of followers <laughs> um and you know it's just one example you know it's not like a super like deep story but they're a great couple yeah. um who are making a lot of money um off of what they're doing online um that's at great, I think, personal risk. So the reason I, I cleared the story is because I wanted 
them to talk about like what is it actually like to put your relationship and your life online that way right um and they say you know it's the best thing that's ever happened to them so i find that interesting yeah they say it's a way to celebrate their love i think correct, it was correct. on my it was on my anniversary by the way Oh yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> and my Congrats. husband and I are so not an internet couple. Right? <laughs> That's why I was intrigued by it. Um, but and the point is, the reason we started the website was simply I was I was working in mainstream media at the time as a as a producer, right? As a news producer. And I had a, a front row seat to how our community is covered by mainstream media. And it was two extremes. Either it's we're criminals or we're like the exception, right? We're Oprah, we're Michael Jordan, we're wow. And I'm like, you know, the people that we're surrounded by in that middle, I guess, (laughs) are doing amazing things with their lives. But for some reason, they don't get the type of coverage that I see average basic people from other communities getting coverage on. And I'm like, why is that? Hmm. And so why can't we have a platform where we just tell all these stories? They, they don't have to be millionaires. They don't have to be the Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are doing really cool things, mm-hmm. really cool stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that just having a consistent, the consistency of Blacks is one of, I think, one of the strongest points. We celebrated 10 years in February, right? Wow. To have a, thank you. <laughs> to have a consistent flow, right, of stories of positivity from your community mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth, it's valuable. Yeah, it it's valuable because you have a place you know you can go to to see yourself positively reflected, yeah. to be reminded if you need that reminder that we're awesome. We're doing great things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liken it to, I come back to parenting. And when I, when I tell people that my daughter, like when she was much younger and still very much into dolls and Barbies, that I only buy her black dolls mm-hmm. of all different shades. And I get a lot of flack for that. And I say, listen, when she leaves this house, the message that she gets every day Mm-hmm. Is that beautiful does not look like her. Mm-hmm. That's what she gets when she turns on YouTube, when she goes to school, the images that she sees around her, the books that are around her. So my job is to ensure when at, at what I have control over, which is in this house, I'm going to ensure that she is grounded in loving her blackness. So it's the same for me with by blacks. We need to ensure that we have a place where where we can go to ground ourselves in our blackness, in its beauty, because everywhere else we're getting the opposite message. Yeah. Sorry. That made me really emotional Mm. because I think about when we didn't have like you, I don't know. I turned 50 in September. Yeah. Didn't have have black dolls. I didn't have a by blacks. And you think about like the work you have to do, the work that you yeah. have to do to leave your house every single day and just somehow, fi- you know, figure out how to like know that you matter and you're important, you know? Mm-hmm. So thank you. Cause that's, that's, I've, I mean, there's some stories I'm like, I didn't even know that, you know? So, wow. Yeah. Continue the work and we need to continue to support the work. So 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I didn't know that I'd get emotional there. (laughs) (laughs) But she's very fortunate because it's so true, right? Yeah. So I'm going to take you through some rapid thrivers. Mm, Okay. (laughs) When you think of someone who inspires you, who comes first to mind? My mom. And why? My mom has been through so much both in childhood and adulthood mm. yet manages to continue to give from her heart even though her heart has been trampled her soul has been trampled many times in her life it always amazes me how she continues to open her heart to people mm. everywhere all the time and it has she is responsible for how I love. Ooh. Wow. She taught me how to love graciously and openly. Mm-hmm. And unconditionally, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's a tricky <laughs> word. That's a tricky word. We need a whole other podcast for that. <laughs> the other day I heard somebody say, you want unconditional love? Try Jesus, not me. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one but you know i describe my unconditional love as like the who you are is not going to harm me Mm -hmm. you understand i give you grace to get through what Mm -hmm. you need to go through may not be with me Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm not going to harm you back right like that correct yeah correct so when i say i love you unconditionally it's because yes i have a life that i need to i'm just here to give you the grace that you need to be able to yes yeah what is a daily activity that really helps you stay empowered and with your thrive? Working out. Okay. Yeah, I can attest. <laughs> there is no place I feel more empowered than staring down a dumbbell that I think is way too heavy for me. <laughs> And then, or picking up a bar and doing a deadlift that looks ridiculous. Like I should not be picking that up. Um, and, and also listening to my favorite songs on the way to that workout yeah, yeah. also is the activity. <laughs> <laughs> my go-to song is, is Demi Lovato's song. Baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love that song for some reason. <laughs> And mine is every time I show up to the weights, everybody has to go up (laughs) and they stay there. (laughs) Whatever works, right? I'm telling you. Whatever works. So I like that song probably because it's about being unapologetic. Maybe you could appreciate this. The other day I posted on my LinkedIn, I was at Good Life. It was like 643. Yeah. And I was in the free weight section, which, you know, not the machine, the free weights. And then I looked through, and the only other two humans that were there was a younger black girl mm-hmm. and another and um, another black woman. And I just had to bring us together and, and yeah. take this selfie. I was like, <laughs> and then I just connected we myself. We doing it. <laughs> like we're actually before 7 a.m., three black right? women in the free weight section. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> and oh, in Richmond Hill. Okay, what is what is a book that helped you that has helped you with your thrive or a podcast? 
Um, I'm looking around at my books because I'm one of those per- people that um, I'll read I'll read half the book and then I'll start another one. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm like that now. It's time. Actually, Michelle Obama's first book, oh, becoming w- w- becoming was was I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't yeah. stop turning the pages. Yeah. Um, I love her so much, and I had the great privilege of being able to see her in person with Claudette McGowan. Mm-hmm. Um, when she interviewed her at um, Elevate. Elevate, yeah, and she said a few words that stayed with me. So I don't have any tattoos, but if I ever got a tattoo, I said I would want to put make this a tattoo, and it was so simple. She just said, "Live in the world," mm-hmm. and it's it's such simple words, but to me it was so profound yeah. because it was the context of it. We're talking about technology and and things like that, right? And and how and you know, as a geriatric millennial, as I'm called, um, you know, we're <laughs> we're very we're very deep into our tech, and we're always on our phones, etc. And it reminded me though that we have to show up and live yeah. in the world, yeah. which means in reality, mm-hmm. and the live for me was was behind it really was the thrive yeah was behind the the word live for yeah, me yeah, yeah. when i when i heard i just the meaning that it had for me in that moment yeah. it continues to have impact on me whenever i hear the kids saying mom 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 and i'm like put live this in, down yeah, live in the world yeah. remember your reality remember who you are one of the most important things i have a, a niece who just turned 21 and when i remember when she graduated from high school she she probably didn't understand what I was saying at the time because she made this look like Wendy. What do you mean? And I said to her, "What I want you to remember is, rem- as you leave here today, think about who you came from. Mm. Think about your ancestors. And if you ever need something or someone to pray to, pray to your ancestors. Mm. Hold on to the power mm-hmm. that they have given you to the dream." that they did not get to live, mm-hmm. that you have the opportunity to make into a reality. Mm. Live, live yeah. in this world. Live for your ancestors who, who couldn't live. Show up and live. Yeah, it's very powerful. It's also, and when you see someone doing that, it's also very, very contagious. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, gosh, you're just... Goosebumps. Nice. <laughs> Stop with the emotions, right? Okay, what is an app? An app that helps you with your drive. I don't have a lot. You know what? I downloaded, deleted, and re-downloaded Calm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna use it now. I downloaded it and I was like, oh, this is rubbish. I don't need this. I don't need this. And then I was going through a really hard time. And I'm like, I do need this. And I paid for the whole version, not the free version. So I'm like, I need something to ground me when I'm when I'm spiraling or at night when I need to to make my to calm yeah, down, yeah. Um, when I need to turn that chatter off. And I do find that the the sounds, the music, especially the nature sounds, really? um, you really when you're not in your in your ancestral country you you really start to realize like how much you miss Mm. or how much those nature sounds Mm -hmm. are a part of your being Mm. like this like the soundtrack of crickets and waves Mm. 
I think is imprinted Mm -hmm. in my DNA or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like the common piece that I feel when I'm there, when I'm back in St. Lucia, when I, when I hear those things live um, versus having to get them in an app. Um, But, but you realize that they're not just things that you enjoy. They actually are built into you based on your, on your ancestry. That's big. So my final thriver question for you is what is one misconception that people have of you as they see you on stage, on TV, you know, knowing that you're the founder of Buy Blacks? There are more than one. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> I think, as I was saying earlier, I get invited a lot to speak about um, confidence and empowerment. And I would say that probably on a daily or if not every other day, I have to be my own coach. Mm. I have to stand in the mirror and remind myself to love myself. Mm. That there are times when I absolutely wake up and hate what I see in the mirror. Mm. And I have to have moments before I leave my house, or sometimes I don't leave my house um, because I don't feel worthy showing up on that day. I have those moments regularly. It's not once a month or once every couple of months. It is a daily, I don't want to use the word um, battle or war. It's a daily, it's a, it's a journey to process of loving it's a process of loving i've never sorry i've never had to yeah that's beautiful think about what that what that actually means to put it in words yeah, right so i'm trying to put my my feelings and processes in mm-hmm. in words for you um when you are a person who has experienced trauma or or any type of um abuse or um you it, it you, there's no one moment where you get over it yeah um, you have to find where the scars live on you because sometimes you don't even see them. You have first have to find them. So you literally have to identify them, look within and say, where are those scars showing up? One of the most helpful short phrases I recently heard was all emotions our memories. And I sat with that because it means that every emotion I'm having, every time I act, I react to something, I'm reacting to a memory. Mm -hmm. I'm reacting to something Mm -hmm. that was imprinted on me before I could understand what it was from I was in my mother's womb from I was one, two, three years old, right? There are things being imprinted on us from the moment we enter this world. And it is a lifetime of unraveling those things and the courage. What I do have is no shortage of courage because it takes so much courage to interrogate yourself and to identify where those scars are and how you can work on healing them Mm. Mm. and 
not stitching them up or stitching them over or putting patches over them, mm-hmm. but making space for them and living with them. Hmm. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I was almost going to say that was deep, but I'm going to say that was actually inc- radically empowering. <laughs> radically empowering. So thank you for sharing. So where do we find more of you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn, or on my website, CamilleDundas.com, or my company's website, TheIdeaPractice.com. I love it. And we'll share all the links on, on the show notes. And as a final question, and I almost feel like <laughs> you kind of just answered it there, but this podcast does is, it, it, ah, is titled Empowered of My Skin, and I want to know what that means to you. Yeah. Empowerment for me means the courage to set a boundary mm-hmm. and to not have that boundary crossed. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to me. It could mean something different for everyone. It is also about the courage to lead with vulnerability. The courage to understand that you don't know anything Mm. without self-interrogation, without deep introspection. We are, we are all, Clueless. Lost, to be honest. But I keep coming back to that word courage because it is scary as fuck. To interrogate yourself, to, again, identify those scars, it is so frightening. But But I will tell you this, courage trumps confidence any day of the week. I will mm, take courage over confidence every day. Yes. Well, thank you, Camille. It's been such an honor. I Anyway, I embody such great wisdom and love actually and um just a really sense of caring and i've always admired you i'm really happy to have had this moment with you and uh it's just uh, my admiration is just now on <laughs> just hit nuclear level so and to everyone that's left listening this is sadly where i have to say we're out bye-bye bye y'all there you have it i trust you are feeling more empowered in your skin. As the late Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you get, you give, when you learn, you teach. So it would mean so much for us at EIMS if you would share this episode and tag us or teach an insight that you took from today's episode on your socials and tag us. Feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes and follow us on social media at Empowered of My Skin. Finally, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon.